Shut and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday night. It's, well, it would be news night. I've got something very special uh, going on this year. Or not this year. I was reading something and it said year. That's why it's, that's why I said year. Um, I've got something very special going on tonight. That is, uh, that's what I meant to say. Wow, that's, that's awesome. I'm starting this off bad already. So anyways, <clears throat> we got news, uh, not news, I've got an interview tonight, we're doing an interview, <laughs> wow, we're uh, we're about, uh, about two minutes in, I've fucked up twice, so there we go, but we're getting it all out of the way early, uh, that way the guest can, you know, he looks better, holy crap, I just realized my mod is showing in this, uh, boom, like it never happened, awesome, high dollar fucking production value over here anyways it's Tuesday night it's not a real news broadcast except we're doing a very special and very important uh interview not with a gentleman who is running for office but there's a twist he's running he 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 must first overcome another obstacle which is other libertarians to run for that obstacle to run for that office But libertarians don't win. We, we win so much that we have to we have to fight each other to to run against the people who have been ruining your lives for like two hundred years. So, anyways, <clears throat> go to uh, notarealpodcast.com if you want a, a sweet set of these things, uh, the Faraday defense bags. They're they're like ten full hats, but for your electronics, they keep the government out and other people. People who would steal your data wirelessly. Like NatalieBruno.com, RedemptionTactical.com. Use that special link. It helps them help us, help them help us uh, know that we sent you. I'm going to post it down here in the comments section. Ooh, uh, what's that? Boom. There it is. Oh, she beat me to it. I ain't going to do it. She beat me to it. I'll do it anyways, whatever. Miss Kaiser, boom. As always, on top of it. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Oh, not playing that one. Find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. We're on all those platforms. We go live on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. 
The Royal Green Series, crowned by gold, book number three of the series, written by Jack Casey. Uh, I am legally ob obliged, obligated, whatever you want to call it, to say that it's a good book, but uh, I am legally allowed to say fuck Jack Casey. He's a flat earther and a weirdo, so, you know, don't leave your kids with him. The Alaskan Raven, for all you meme needs, uh, go check out the Alaskan Raven at Slick Crow on Facebook. James Tarrier, Tarrier for KY.com, awesome dude. He puts people over politics, people helping people. Uh, for someone who, you know, does a lot in his community, I think it does say a lot that he, you know, focuses on his activism, but he wants to run for office and make everyone's lives better, uh, not just his community. The LP Veterans Caucus, leading libertarians to veteran issues, leading veterans to libertarian solutions. And I got the build crack better in there. Uh, and then that's it. Oh, psych. I lied. Um, we're not sponsored by these people, but I know a few people. Uh, go check out the Libertarian Party of Tennessee. Because uh, you're the only 10 I see uh, convention this year. If you were like, hey, I want to see Bootleg in person and have him run a booth for the podcast. Well, you can go to the LPT and convention. I'll be there. If, you, if you're thinking, hey, I want some good information on firearms, uh, building bug out bags, survival tactics, all of these things. I will also be teaching that course. Um, you know, it's going to be a great event. It's Friday, March 18th through Sunday, March 20th. There's going to be a gala, which you need to get your tickets now. There's one week left on the great gala tickets. There's going to be awesome speakers like Hannah Cox. Uh, yeah, Hannah Cox, Joe Jorgensen. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I said great speaker. So we'll, we'll say Hannah Cox, Ricky Dow Harrington Jr., Scott Horton, and Shane Hazel, and then George Jorgensen will be there. Uh, it's free if you're not planning to vote. Uh, if you're not a resident of Tennessee, you can't vote anyways. But hey, you know, just come hang out, man. It's spend some money. There's going to be a lot of great vendors there. Uh, Cumberland Cannabis Co. will be there. Um, this, I'll be there. I mean, if if that's not enough reason to come to the convention, there's much better reasons than me. So come come to the convention and hang out and, uh, you know, learn something about guns. If you don't know a lot about guns, I'll teach you. If you don't know about building bug out bags, I will teach you. If you want to learn uh, some candidate basics, we got that too. If you want to learn about, you know, Ballot access and signature gathering. We got that too. If if you want to learn more, I'm, I'm putting my sticky notes down. If you want to learn more about asking for money from people, we got you there too. So come hang out. Uh, just go to lptn.org and hit the little uh, state convention button up there. That's all you got to do. It's easy. Boom. And it's even got directions to the hotel. I mean, what more do you want? And I just zoomed all the way out on that map. So come uh, come hang out with us, and uh, it'll be a great time. 
I promise. And if it's not, uh, I, I didn't promise. Anyways, we're going to go to our first segment, which is, if I can find it. Oh, I'm on the wrong thing. That, that's per usual now. There we go. Boom. The 811 call before you dig segment. Because what's worse than someone breaking into your house? Uh, hitting a power line that's buried right next to your house when you're trying to bury the body. Also, the best thing about 811 is that they won't show up and shoot your dog and your kids and, and lock you inside and set the house on fire. So, you know, hey, call 811 before you dig. Uh, don't be a, don't be an asshat and turn your neighbor's internet off because you wanted to bury a body in your yard. The price of 9mm this week is about what it's been. About 30 cents around. It's not getting any better and it's not getting any worse. So, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, go buy you some nine mil. Price of five five six this week. Forty five cents around. It has been steady, holding very steady the last few days. It's down one cent around. Which for people who are listening who don't know a lot about guns, like oh man, that's not much. It's one cent. Well, when you're someone like me who enjoys a good mag dump every single time you take the thing out. That's a lot of money. You you, you dump 100, 100 rounds, that's, that's a good chunk of change. So, hey. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop talking because nobody gives a shit what I say. Oh, oh, God, we got so many comments. Fuck Jack Casey. Yes, that guy. Blunt Freedom, he's waving his hand. Hey, bud. Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. It's going to be lit. I did that. That I can't remember the guy's name. Whatever. The wrestler. Or as in the East Tennessee dialect, I should say, the wrestler. I may just show up. Maybe. Fuck your gala. Too poor for galas. I'll see you at the after party. I'll be there. That's where. That's why everyone should go. We should sell... We should sell for pictures with uh, meme horror. Hashtag mag dump. Next to wall. How you doing, sir? I probably said that it wrong again, but hey, you know, you got used to it the other night. I'm going to bring my guest on. Um, he's been very patient and putting up with my bullshit for a while. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. William Henry. And, you know, this is a guy you might recognize him. You, you probably should. He was a part of the, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting it now. I'm blanking. I do this every time. He was a part of the, the governor candidate from Indiana. I'm sure he'll remind me here in a second and call me an idiot because he should. But uh, Mr. William Henry. Hey, bootleg. Thanks, man, for having me on tonight. And uh, yeah, I, um, I ran with Donald Rainwater in the last oh, election, man. general election. And 2020, and um, we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good finish out of that uh, campaign that year. So uh, it got a lot of attention here in the state of Indiana, and a lot of libertarians are activated. You know, they um, really dug into the information and the principles about the party, and they got involved. So um, yeah, my my name is Will Henry. Um, I'm a 
the U.S. Uh, I'm a U.S. Senate candidate uh, seeking nomination at the convention coming up in uh, March 4 through 6. I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I'm an advocate. I'm an activist here in the state. Um, I've you know worked with the state legislature and, and organizations to pass veterans bills and, and help craft those uh, to better serve veterans and their family here in the state of Indiana. Um, so I've got a lot of experience at the state level, organizing and advocating um, and activism uh, alongside the veteran stuff. You know, I did a lot of cannabis activism too. I uh, chaired the uh, Indiana Normal Organization, um, also still a board member of that. And recently uh, received my endorsement from the state organization as well, again, for this election, as well as last election. And, and I'm seeking nationals uh, endorsement as well. So uh, been very active in the state um, as far as veterans issues and cannabis issues and other you know uh, endeavors and um, just working with other organizations and um, trying to get voices heard and, and people seen and, and changes made. Yeah, so let's let's dive into the the first thing you kind of talked about there was uh, your prior service history. Um, what, so you were in the army. Um, what, what was your MOS? 46 Quebec. Um, that's a public affairs specialist writer. And what I did was I dealt with the media, helped, uh, craft, you know, public speaking, um, uh, you know, public relations, dealing with the media, uh, press releases, media advisories, also going out on missions um, with soldiers and airmen and Marines and sailors uh, in these coalition forces to cover what we were doing out in the field too. Uh, Afghanistan, I deployed in 2009 and 10, um, worked with coalition forces in RC East and traveled uh, a good amount of the country, uh, went to a lot of places, um, you know, went to a lot of remote villages too and saw how the, the people were living uh, in these you know, out in the outskirts uh, of Afghanistan and um, really gave, gave me a good perspective of the organizational structure of how the military was operating and, and what we were doing in that area too. So, you know, I was able to bring that back and apply it to some of these organizations like the American Legion. I uh, started working with them. After my second deployment, I went to Kuwait and other areas of the Middle East and um, started to work communications for the American Legion organization at the state level, um, uh, revamped communications and got into the administration portion of it and started to um, get into the advocacy at the state house and work with uh, you know, the legislative committee and uh, work with other organizations to pass veterans legislation and, and work on the important stuff there that uh, our organization was focusing on and um, you know, just working with the state agencies and other organizations to accomplish that mission. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So, <clears throat> you, uh, you, you know, you're, you're a prior service vet. Uh, one thing I think a lot of prior service vets, especially nowadays, are kind of realizing is that um, medical cannabis or medical marijuana, whatever you want to call it, kind of goes hand in hand with PTSD treatment. And from my understanding, that's one thing that you kind of focus on too, right? It's, it's the, you know, the, it's the simplest treatment with the fewest side effects. And, but yet to this day, it, it is the hardest treatment for vets to get because the VA 
because it's still illegal at the federal level, can't uh, vets can't get it at the VA. So what's uh you know what's going on with that? Yeah, and you know some veterans have their pain management uh, affected in the states where it's not legal. Um, their, their doctors uh, start taking them swiftly off of opioid pain medications or benzodiazepine medications, and those are two of the biggest prescribed drugs that the VA had a, a really big problem with when I first started getting involved. And they were overprescribing opioids and, and benzos, and you know veterans were dying. They were accidentally overdosing, plus you know they were purposefully overdosing, and the veteran suicide rate is just absurd, you know, and they needed prompt care and, and they were being masked with a lot of prescription drugs and a lot of veterans found that they could get a safer, um, you know, treatment and it worked for their mental issues and it worked for their physical issues because of the human endocannabinoid system and the science behind that, that a lot of the uh, doctors and, and folks don't really understand yet that's starting to emerge uh, out into the public and be accepted as, as clinical practice. But as that is happening, you know, we still have to fight the stigmas. We still have to fight the, the stereotypes and, and, you know, the logical fallacies of everything happening in our law for individual choice. Yeah, I was given uh, clozapine for uh, for PTSD, and that stuff. I'll tell you that. Like, so I smoked weed in high school, like most American kids did. Um, I, I just incriminated myself for like the hundredth time on on this show, but uh, but um, I've smoked weed and I've taken clozapine. I'll tell you this: uh, weed is far m- more you know, beneficial as far as just how, what the side effects are alone. Clozapan, so the, when I was taking it, it made my hands shake. It made me a zombie. It turned, basically made me emotionless. And when, when I was working this, I was taking, I was taking this uh, clozapan when I was, and they gave me a really high dosage right off the bat. It wasn't like a small dose. Uh, I was taking a high dose of it while I was working on cars. And if you're trying to reach around something and screw in a very tiny bolt, and your hands are shaking real bad, it's not super beneficial. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, we have to start focusing on these things. And I think libertarians are the only ones that only ones that have the good solution for it. it Absolutely. I, I mean, it, it's, it's super simple. Republicans don't talk about it hardly. Um, Democrats harp on it daily but never do anything we're the only ones that are like look this is a rational solution to this we don't think you should be taxed for medication that you should be able to grow in the ground yeah and yeah because there is real science behind it and it's called the human endocannabinoid system and our bodies make a uh, endocannabinoid or within your body endocannabinoid called anandamide and that is what's known as a pleasure molecule. And it almost matches up like a key uh, with the THC molecule, the phyto or plant cannabinoid. And these are, these are molecularly structured the same. And our body produces these um, endocannabinoids. And when you have a complex spectrum of phyto or plant cannabinoids that you can fit these keys into your body's needs, uh, when you eat or consume that nutrient su- nutritional supplement, these are these are phytocannabinoid acids that you eat. 
um, you start plugging in these keys where your body's issues are, are having problems and people see benefit from that. And that's neurological conditions and that's um, uh, arthritic conditions, rheumatoid, uh, autoimmune addition, uh, you know, all of these issues, uh, there are clinical uh, findings of benefits through the endocannabinoid system treatments directly. Yeah. And one thing you talked about too was, you know, arthritic conditions uh most people who have been through service know that whether it's arthritis or bad joints those are the two things that you're going to get out of it when you're carrying 150 pounds of crap on your back and not including the the shit that's mounted to you directly your joints start screaming at you you're you're in your 20s and your joints are screaming die i want to die uh so yeah, and you start eating the ibuprofen-like candy there, you know, in service too. And then when you get out to the VA and they're prescribing you a little stronger, you know, codeine and hydrocodone, and then it grows from there, you know, uh, oxycodone and, and Percocets and things like that. And and people's need and consumption of those type of drugs grows. You know, the opioid pain medication that was really the only thing that they were using to treat people's pain and managing people's pain was that opioid pain medication. And that just got people more addicted, um, and it got them to to hunt that when they ran out and and turned to the streets. And and a lot of people developed opioid addictions, and we still see it today. You know, we've had more fentanyl and opioid deaths uh, in the in the last two years than what we have from COVID, and that's not being reported by the news. And why isn't this being shown as the real pandemic or epidemic happening in our country right now? Um, people are being poisoned by pharmaceuticals and, and addictions, and these were fueled a lot. Uh, fueled started at the doctor's office and these prescriptions, and and having that safer substance outside of those prescription drugs is absolutely needed, and it, and it should be a, a, a it's a human right. It's a it's a sovereign you know personal sovereignty choice to make. If what you want to put in your body, and, and that goes for the vaccines and these other things too, um, when it comes down to it, you know, we should have reign over our bodies and choose what's best for our bodies, regardless of what the substance is. And we, when we have this in so many other ways, and like I can go and eat Tylenol or, you know, the ibuprofen over the counter every day, and, and I'm damaging my body if I continue to do that over a long period of time. And that could wreck my liver and kill me. And that is a choice that I made to take those over-the-counter medications. But that's the legal route available to me. And, that, I mean, why is that the only route? Yeah, it's, it's crazy because McDonald's kills more people each year than, than anything else does. Like, it, it's, it far outweighs the number of people that have been killed from being high and driving. Um, but we don't, we, we're not, we're not having serious conversations about banning McDonald's. We're having conversations about whether weed, which is literally a plant that has grown in the ground for, for millennia, uh, whether it's, whether it should be legal or not. And as something, you know, touching on something you said, medical freedom means cannabis too. Absolutely. Republicans want to talk about, Hey, you know, we shouldn't be forced to take a vaccine. And then when you're like, Hey, we should probably legalize cannabis and like, you well, we didn't mean that standards. one. Yeah, all the double yeah. standards are coming out. It's like, well, not maybe not that. It's like, come on, you know, really, 
the science is being ignored and that's what it comes down to. We're attracted to it just like every other vertebrate animal is attracted to it. Um, you know, deer and, and other um, herbivore and even carnivore animals, when they approach cannabis flowering in the wild, they eat it because it's nutritional. And it, it has the fatty acids and it has caloric and nutritional value for these uh, for these animals and us. Um, and that's why we're so attracted to it. And, and to deny that and to, and to, you know, throw that off to the side of that science and not understand that this is nutrition and this is our endocannabinoid system. Um, it's, it's really hurting people and um, we're just devastating our communities. Yeah. One thing it does help with too is, uh, you know, I don't want to say anorexia. It does help with people who have a a body fat defic- uh, deficiency, people who don't have enough, you know, bodily fat or don't take in enough nutrients. Um, everyone knows, like you, uh, you, you consume as it was mentioned in the the comments, the devil's lettuce. Uh, you you get those munchies and you start bringing in the nutrition. Uh, that you need to, you know, function every day. And it, it does, and it's not just, like I said, it's not just that it's not just the, the PTSD. It's, it's a wide spectrum of things that it's being used for. Like I've, I've actually started, I've used here recently. Uh, Cause in my state, the only thing that's legal is CBD, a uh, CBD. What was it? Yeah. D, uh, Delta eight, Delta eight. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of stuff. Um, CBD oils and then Delta eight and all that crap is legal here, but, uh, weed is not my forte as, as we can tell. Um, I'm struggling with that, but, uh, but yeah, but, but what you were saying about someone who's underweight, being able to gain weight and then maintain that weight, the same thing is for someone who's overweight too, because it helps them, um, maintain their homeostasis within their body is what it's called. And the endocannabinoid system, is a full body overall body regulatory system it controls everything and that's why it has such an impact on overall nutrition and health once people start consuming that and have all of these different health conditions so, and you know um another thing that i want to you know fight for is the second amendment rights for those who have possession of cannabis too in some of these states people are foregoing their second amendment rights too uh, when it comes to cannabis possession, I don't think that's constitutional or right whatsoever. And, um, and these extra charges that people get when cannabis is involved and they, they are pulled over and they have a handgun license and have their handgun with them and they also have cannabis, then they you know lose that uh, right to be able to carry that weapon um, as well. And I don't, I don't believe in that. And, you know, constitutional carry, I believe in constitutional carry. Everybody should be assumed armed and be able to protect themselves and be able to act in moments that they need to. And the, if we had that more often, I think the crime rate would be way less. Uh, we would have people really taking control of situations and eliminating people who are dangerous in the moment and not having to wait around and explain to police what happened. Um, you know, after this person gets away or, or these people are, are laying there dead, you know, the, the people should be able to have the right to protect themselves regardless. And, and cannabis possession shouldn't have any uh, infringement on that either. Yeah. So, I mean, bodily autonomy should, should be a basic human right, right? I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you have the right to determine what food you eat. You have the right to determine what you drink. You have the right to determine what goes into your body. 
that right shouldn't conflict with your right to self-defense. It shouldn't conflict with your right to self to speech. We don't, we're not saying that, you know, like, as I made the comparison before, we're not saying that if you choose to have a handgun to defend yourself, you don't have the right to free speech. But yeah, we're saying that, that so one state that I point to, which is the closest state to me, which is the easiest for me to understand what's going on up there is Virginia. If like, as you said, if you have cannabis, that's illegal. But if you have cannabis and a firearm, it's illegal. So your right to self-defense is voided and nullified when you have cannabis in the vehicle or just in your possession. It doesn't even have to be in a vehicle. If you've got cannabis and a handgun in a, in a dwelling in a home, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I mean that's tack on charges. And if you got scales, there's more charges. If you got, you know, any anything that relates, they, they started to I mean, cannabis was the foot in the door. Uh it is the foot in the door to your personal property. And they can just say by the scent and get warrants and these type of things to search your personal property based off cannabis. Once you take that away from them, no longer the scent of cannabis is a reason to infringe on your rights. You take away a whole, you know, uh, activated police force against uh, civilians, uh, their power away to initially engage in in your life uh, under suspicion of anything that has to do with cannabis or or a substance that you may have consumed other than if you're just twacked out of your mind and you're doing insanity, insane things anyway. But I don't know any cannabis consumer who, uh, you know, behaves in those ways. But, you know, I consume cannabis every single day. I'm more focused. I'm more driven than what I've ever been in my life in the last years that I've been consuming cannabis. I've been more active. I've been more, uh, I've been, I've accomplished so much more uh, during my time and it's enhanced my life. And I don't know why we would, prevent someone to, from having access to something that makes their life better and it makes them uh, operate better. It's, that's just, um, that's just nonsense and, and it's gating and it's very, um, very suppressing. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Tubb Robaugh, Robaugh, I'm saying that wrong again. I'm sure I suck with names. Uh, he's saying, but harassing about we makes them seem busy. So yes, it is. It, <clears throat> police departments get huge bonuses when they make these massive drug busts. And it's not like it's hidden. You can Google it and see what the money, like the, the money that they get from the federal government is on the war on drugs. Asset whether forfeiture. Yep. Whether, and yeah, uh, as well as asset forfeiture. Like they get actual bonuses like from the feds. If they, they say if you bust, you know, for this much, uh, you know, this weight, this weight, this weight, this weight, you get this much money. Not to mention the asset forfeiture. Uh, not to mention the money that they make off all of that stuff. I mean, I mean, they've they basically have legalized mob mentality. So yeah. why wouldn't they do it? Mm-hmm. And and that's their that's one of their ways in to those things. It's like, well, if you know. I, I, you know, defended the idea of cannabis and medical cannabis in the state of Indiana to my county prosecutor just a couple of years ago. And they're like, well, when there's cannabis, there's always something else illegal. And I was like, yeah, because you guys have all these talk, tack on charges and, and you're basically attacking our communities is what's happening. 
um, and they pull over people and they harass them and then they start digging in their compartments of their vehicles and try to find whatever they can find. And, and it's just ridiculous to, to do that. And there's really, I mean, under a generic suspicion uh, that doesn't, it's victimless, you know, um, they really need to be focusing on real crime and bringing real justice to criminals uh, and families uh, who deserve that. You know, we're wasting our, our time and our efforts and, and millions of dollars every year, uh, hundreds of millions in the state of Indiana, 22,000 arrests uh, at a minimum. That was two years ago's numbers uh, for camel, simple cannabis possessions. It's a big money racket. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we and it's not just a few states. I mean, we see a lot of states that are like that. What even the states that legalize weed, they're not really legalizing it. They're they're legalizing it as far as to where there are still people they can make money off of, or whether it's you know, yeah. So it's like you're saying it's the tack on charges. Like imagine if we made uh, driving with cigarettes in your car illegal. Well, all of a sudden now driving is this this epidemic because everyone like I know tons of people that smoke in their car. Hmm. So uh, all of a sudden now driving is this great epidemic and great atrocity against humanity because, well, yeah, I'll look at how many uh, people, you know, who drive lead into other crime. Well, yeah, you made driving while smoke or having cigarettes in your car illegal. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, and they can they make all these these laws like even the seatbelt law. It's just like oh, it was just a reason to pull you over, you know. Even though they could have had their seatbelt on, they could have just said, "Well, it didn't look like your seatbelt was on." And then there starts that that poking and prodding type of uh, rather than you know serving and and bringing justice, it's more like digging and trying to find bad. It's almost like stop and frisk all over again. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's terrible. And, and the county courthouses, all of that money, you know, it's just a fee collection point at, at this time, you know, and it's it's criminal taxation happening. That money gets pushed up to the state and then redistributed back down to the counties for operational budgets. And it's, it's pretty gross the way it's happening. And these other states who have legalized, you know, they have to tax that to keep that size of government. And really, these places need to be looking at how to shrink that government rather than uh, keep feeding it the same amount of money uh, through other means. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it, the real epidemic is the war on drugs. I, I've, as I've said on this show before and other shows before, uh, I'm on the side of drugs, and drugs are winning. I mean, it's it's fairly clear. Like, I don't want to see people who are addicted to heroin. I don't want to see people addicted to meth or whatever. But at the end of the day, the war is causing more damage than it's solving. It's creating an entire new criminal class, which is the federal government or state governments or county governments or whatever. They're They're basically making regulation in order to fund themselves, as you were saying. When you have the ability to to make something illegal and then benefit financially off of it for you and private corporations. I mean, pharmaceutical companies sell methamphetamine. They sell like, basically I can't remember what it's called, but basically it's heroin and a pill. They make all the, basically every drug that you're against, like that people say that they're against, I shouldn't say you, that uh, people are against, they make it in a pharmaceutical 
that's totally legal as long as the doctor gives it to you. But as yeah. soon as you give it in a different form, it's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And to get through that process to get a drug approved, it costs hundreds of millions of dollars now. And to have the laboratories be able to track and maintain that data and do the analytics for those uh, pharmaceutical companies costs millions and millions of dollars. And I know that because I I worked at a pharmaceutical lab during the peak of the COVID uh, PCR testing and uh, emergency vaccine trial testing. Uh, and received millions of, of specimens through there and, and worked on those vaccines. But the, the, the pharmaceutical companies pay a lot of money to have these drugs, uh, uh, these patients' uh, biological specimens analyzed and put together to, for FDA approvals. Yeah, and I think one thing we've seen, too, is that, you know, there's a lot of money coming from the federal government towards these pharmaceuticals, especially if they deem it necessary to the you know the health and well-being of american citizens i think uh pfizer and moderna were the first two companies in history to make a gross one something like one million or one billion dollar profit in the first year of a pharmaceutical hitting the market um because of covid because trump's operation warp speed you know, made that possible. And then Democrats are basically mandating that you buy these things. So Trump funded <laughs> that, that the, the pharmaceutical that Republicans are pushing against. And then Democrats who have been opposed to Trump are now mandating the pharmaceutical that was funded by the guy that they hated. If, if oh. there's ever a better reason that the two party system is absolute bullshit and it's not one bird, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that shows you that um, that it's it shows you the rules to the game that they're playing, and to have these pharmaceutical companies just pay a little bit extra to be able to push themselves forward to reach that finish line is what happened. They paid extra on top of what they were paying to have these specimen uh, prioritized inside of the, the logistics operation to push that larger company who was paying two or three times the amount as the smaller company for those analytics uh, to move their stuff ahead. So it was a pay to play. They put profits in front of people. Um, and what it was, is was a great, was a mad dash to the finish line on this thing so they could get their things to market first. And there could have been a viable vaccine uh, produced by a smaller uh, pharmaceutical company that could have been way more effective that we'll never know about because these pharmaceutical companies rushed to the end and pretty much ruined the concept or idea of this, I think, uh, for a lot of people. And, and I want to, you know, create legislation that removes that immunity for these companies. And I want to create legislation that opens that data that is actually ours. We paid for that data. Um, we own it. We need to be shown that data as citizens and investors of this uh, vaccine on behalf of you know, us, Congress paid 10 bucks a piece for us to pay for all of this preemptively before we even knew um, what this was, before it was even developed. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the crazy thing. I mean, I mean imagine, imagine if they mandated legislation that you had to buy for just for shits and giggles because I'm wearing the hat, Smith & Wesson firearms only. Like, imagine if they took 
a billion dollars of taxpayer money and said they dumped it into Smith and Wesson and said, Hey, develop a firearm that works for everyone. Yeah. But it doesn't not, work for everyone. No, no. Yeah. And it, I, I'm not. And that's how, you know, and they pretty much had it locked down to just a few companies at the top. And that was your choices for uh, the vaccine. And they made it so hard for these smaller companies to, to get, you know, across there too. And really it comes down to money. And the FDA uh, working with these labs know exactly how, you know, the this stuff, they were monitoring as it was going. The pharmaceutical companies were rushing the lab um, and they're, the propensity for mistakes uh, or missing information or putting the wrong information was great. And we need to be shown that. And that's for the people on, you know, far one side that says there's microchips in it. And the other people on the far, the other side that says, just take the dang thing, you know, and, uh, trust the science. And, and you have these two people, these two polarized issue, you know, people on each end of this. And you, you say, look, Let's look at the data. Let's bring out the data and look at it. And and you're down the middle just saying, look, let's look at it and let's get an independent study of this. Let's look outside of the FDA. Let's look outside the CDC and really look and see what it says. And, and a lot of times, you know, these people don't even really want to look at the data. And it's pol such a polarized issue, you know. We need to look at this data and put this issue to rest on both sides. And it's a distraction and it's been used as a huge distraction to so what I'm hearing is that Mr. Will Henry is not saying that you should just take the daggone microchip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you have people who you know they throw out these these extreme you know things out there, and and it's so polarized, and and the media will focus on those far end things. And make them like like everyone's thinking like that. But most people who, you know, are common sense right down the middle, you know, we really need to get these people registered to vote into the, into the polls and vote libertarian because I think a lot of them don't really realize that they're libertarians. And, and so many people out there, I mean, here in the state of Indiana, there's like 1.6 million people registered to vote. There's 6.7 million people in this state, you know. There's a lot of people who need to get up to speed with what's happening because uh, we're head, I mean, we're going down a whirlpool right now. And uh, as far as debt goes and some of these other things, and um, people don't realize how, how bad it's going to be. If, if we're going to the store and the prices are raising so fast, it's absolutely maddening um, to see that all of this happening in front of us too so quickly. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I've done a lot of studies on monoclonal monoclonal antibodies, and it's the only thing proven to treat COVID. Uh, there was a decision made at some point, which was, you know, vaccines have to be the thing that we push, but there are other solutions to treat it once you have COVID. They're saying, yeah. oh, you have to prevent COVID. Well, you can't prevent it. We know that you can't prevent it. It's obvious now. And even the, the people that were saying you can prevent it are saying you can't prevent it. Monoclonal antibodies is the is a more guaranteed way to treat it. It's not it's not guaranteed, but it's a better solution to treat it. Um, 
So there were some know, early studies that showed uh, some Jamaican scientists that showed cannabinoids actually uh, help reduce the effects of uh, of COVID too uh, because of the human endocannabinoid system. But they're in the military; they prescribe you uh, something to prevent malaria and some of these other um, um, type of drugs because of your environment that could get you sick that you're not used to. So one of these drugs that they prescribed us was doxycycline. And this was the same type of drugs that the president, uh, President Trump was talking about when he was in office that was talking about the detergent and it, the media just basically like made fun of it and like it wasn't a solution or something. But that was the military, that's the military's uh, solution for uh, microorganisms and, and those things that you can encounter in your environment that can get you sick is to take these types of drugs as a, as a preventative medication um, to have these type of uh, antibodies or, or effects in your uh, bloodstream to kill these things before they get you know really bad and out of control or get you sick. And that's the type of drugs that the hydroxychloroquine and these other drugs are too. And those are similarly, uh, you know, similarly used. Um, and they actually are prescribed by the military to individuals uh, who are going to foreign lands who may come and encounter with some of these things. So it's, it's like legitimate treatment. And now somehow it's being disproven or they're saying that it's not, you know, it's a standard treatment for the military, for a soldier or, or an airman or Marine going out. You know, if you're going to be exposed to malaria or any of these other things, they prescribe it to you. So, Mr. Henry, so you are running against, so you've got two races you've got to run. One concludes very soon, which is you actually have to compete against another libertarian for the nomination for that Senate seat, correct? Yeah, yep, and uh, that'll be decided at our convention on March 5th uh, during our general uh, session. Um, There'll be a comment and then voting from uh, the delegation at that point. So, yeah, I would be uh, I would be incorrect to not bring this question forward. What sets you apart from your libertarian uh, opponent? Right. We, we, you know, we know libertarians are special people. Uh, Libertarians are. I'll leave it with that. So. (laughs) So what sets you apart from your opponent in this first race? And I, I say opponent in the simple fact that it is a competition for, you know, only one person can be nominated for that, that Senate race as the Libertarian candidate. So what sets you apart from the your from your opposition? I would say my experience and my knowledge altogether uh, because of my state level administrative experience and my state level uh, work with uh, public affairs and public relations and and public speaking and, and, you know, hitting those talking points and public relations. I mean, really, that type of experience uh, really pushed me into that organizational structure, too. And I was able to use those skills and build off of those skills to where I'm working with legislators and trying to craft veterans legislation in just a few years you know we we passed like 40 veterans bills through the state house and and to have that type of activity and that type of motion you know it took a lot of work and a lot of organization to do and i gained a lot of knowledge and i gained a lot of experience by doing that and working at the state level 
understanding that and advocating not only at the state, but in Washington, D.C. too, during these times, to the senator's offices and the the Congress offices and with their staff on these veterans issues at the federal level as well and on these cannabis issues at the federal level as well. So I know how these committees and these commissions work. I know how the government works. I know how to advocate uh, in those positions and with those other um, legislators and their staff to try to get some of these uh, changes made. A lot of these issues that we can work with Republicans and Democrats, both, and they're nonpartisan issues and, you know, they're constitutional issues and and they're personal right issues. And these are the things that we can kind of focus on and get these changes made uh, and begin um, starting to change that tide and and change that outlook on libertarianism and, and what that is. And, you know, I want to take that that uh, pragmatic and incremental approach to Washington D.C. and be able to to start making those changes. You know, this position is a six-year position. Um, you're able to get in as a junior senator and start making those connections and start making um, you know those waves that you need to make and um, really start building off of that to to get some changes made on the libertarian side. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So let's let's say in a hypothetical world, because every time I ask this question, someone's like, well, you know, day one, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let's say in a hypothetical world, day one, you're you're in the Senate, you're elected, you're in the Senate, um, you know, everything's set up, ready to go. What's, what's the first thing you're pushing day one? I mean, I'm veteran focused right now. I think I'm I'm well spoken and well educated in the veterans, uh, you know, uh, spectrum. And I would be able to start working on those veteran changes immediately to the veteran community care program and expand um, those type of programs to get veterans care faster. And really, um, that's what the VA is not doing an expeditious job of, uh, of very well is getting these care to these veterans uh, quickly. And I want to be able to expand that so these veterans can go in their community if they choose. That way they can they can get the care that they need uh, quicker and probably with, you know, people who have been helping uh, care for them already. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I really hope you get this nomination. It's this has been a great conversation. Um, you know, the veteran issue is a is a definitely definitely a good sell for this network. You know, we we the the four of us that still do shows here, we uh, we're all veterans. You know, Army, Air Force. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's it's Air Force dominated right now I, I i plan to change that in the near future but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean that's what a lot of my work has been focused on is the veterans you know in the veterans realm the veterans community yeah well i i hope uh you get that nomination um you know we uh we would love to see you get great things done at the at the federal level that way you know Libertarians, we don't believe in top down, but the system right now is top down. You know, we get you in there, we get you, we get you trickling some good stuff down, and hopefully, we can get some 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 momentum rolling in the right direction. Uh, you know, I, I look for great things from you, and I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Hey, thanks, Blue Leg, man. I really appreciate the time. And if anybody else wants to find out more about me, just go to WilliamHenry.us. I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
uh, really getting rolling on that stuff and I hope to uh, push out more media and get some more information out to everybody soon. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Well, uh, if you send me some of that stuff, man, I'll, I'll definitely share it around whatever I can and yeah, people just need absolutely. to go donate and uh, help out where they can. If you can't donate, if you can volunteer, absolutely. Like any, any campaign in this party will tell you that uh, volunteers are worth their weight in gold. Yes, they are very much. And, you know, volunteer, donate, um, or just share. Um, simply sharing the page and sharing uh, the posts go a long way to you. Um, if, you know, it's really tight for money right now with the inflation and everything going on and everybody's struggling. So um, just do what you can to push the libertarian message and, and we'll start making the world a lot better. Well, Mr. Henry, I appreciate you and I uh, hope you have a good night. All right. All right. Thanks. We like. We'll see you later. Bye. Well, with that, I will say this. Uh, if you're still hungry for veterans issues, tune in tomorrow night, which is Wednesday night. Because I am now like a three day a week calendar uh, for not a real veteran podcast hosted by Mr. William Daughtry. Mr. Braxton Voorhees, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, Uh, and then tune in Thursday night. We've got a guest. Let me pull up my calendar. I always do this. I always always forget. Uh, We'll have a guest this Thursday. I I moved my my regularly scheduled guest around, and now I don't have a guest for Thursday night. So I will have one scheduled, I promise. Or if I don't, you know, Will and I will... talk about some stuff are they actually going to show up tomorrow i don't know don't know i hear that last wednesday was quite possibly and this is according to the comment section uh was quite possibly the funniest episode that that show's ever had so you know do what you will with that information but you can find all of our content at not a real podcast.com. You can find our merch over there. You can find the shows. I upload all the shows directly to the website. I will upload this episode to not a real podcast.com tonight. You can also find it on Anchor, Anchor, blah, 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 blah. Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It'll be on there tonight at some point. So if you want to check it out, go check it out. Hashtag best show ever. Absolutely. Uh, one more final announcement. Uh, I was I received an email. And the, 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 the headline says press release. So I guess I'm press now. I am the thing that I hate. Which is news. Or press. Whatever. Uh, released on 2-21-2022. Which is yesterday. Why am I just now getting this? I'm a, it's a day late, Queter. Thomas Daniel Queter receives the Libertarian Party nomination to run for U.S. Senate in New York, which is the LPNY. Alongside gubernatorial candidate Larry Sharp and others. So they, they didn't put forth the effort to name the others. But Thomas Queter has a, received the official endorsement for U.S. Senate in New York 
as well as Larry Sharp, which I don't think anyone's super surprised about either of those. Uh, it reads, <clears throat> the press release re- The press release reads, this past weekend, the Libertarian Party of New York held a convention in which candidates for statewide office were nominated. Thomas Quitter was endorsed as LPNY's U.S. Senate candidate. Other New York candidates slated to run under the Libertarian banner will be Larry Sharp for governor. His running met Andrew Hollister for lieutenant governor. Sean Hayes for attorney Sean Hayes for attorney general and William Schmidt for comptroller. Quitter is running on a platform centered around both peace and prosperity. Some of the issues he intends to focus on are electoral reforms in order to bring light to many challenges faced by quote-unquote third-party candidates. Uh, direct quote from Mr. Quitter. I am honored to have received the nomination to run for U.S. Senate as a libertarian. I want to bring back good governance, level-headed thought, and less polarizing messaging to New York's political scene. Tom's vision includes a prioritization of freedom, volunteerism, and nonviolence. He stands in opposition to the current nature of government, which overcriminalizes its citizens and instead vouches for the cultivation of a new society built around mutual aid and communities working together for the best possible outcomes. I will say this. I look forward to Mr. Queter and Mr. Henry working together as libertarians uh, in the U.S. Senate to bring forth a new age in which you're not in you're not in fear of your government, but your government works for you. With that, I conclude this episode. It's been a great night. No, we're not going to show the Tom for 52.com. That's TOMF452.com. Banner, we're not showing that. We're not showing that shit here. <clears throat> Dear God, if we take office, please don't be the press secretary. I'm better when I'm just talking out of my ass. Uh, I suck at reading. Uh, literacy is not not highly rated in Tennessee. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tune in tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time for Will and Braxton. And that's it. That's all I got for you. Tune in next week, Tuesday night. Actually, don't tune in next week. I'm taking next week off. Why? Because I can. Because I need some me time. Hashtag me too. All right, good night, good news, and you're not real libertarians. Peace.